Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 25 At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, 
and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you look after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There is much comfort in this chapter, and a wry smile or two when you think about it. Jesus says, He'll be late. Jesus says people will be so bored waiting for him, they'll fall asleep. Jesus says he'll be gone such a long time, even his servants will start thinking he isn't worth the effort. Jesus gives the church a theology of absence. And ever since then, we've been trying to give it him back. Matthew 24 furnishes us with a vision of the tribulation around the time of the cross. Matthew 24 was mainly about our past. Matthew 25 speaks starkly into our present. And Jesus says this, our biggest trial in this time between Jesus' two comings is how we cope with his absence. Of course, Jesus knew he would give his great commission spiel about being with his disciples everywhere. Jesus knew he would send his spirit. And yet, despite the glorious gift of Jesus' presence to the church right now, 
there is also the trial of his absence. The two mingle together like chocolate and milk. We don't like this, but it is his will for this age. How do you respond to Jesus's absence? I know I'm terrible in it. Here is the comfort. Jesus knew we would be terrible. He gave us these parables to help us. First, he urges us to equip ourselves to cope with his absence. The jars of oil might just be part of the story, or they may point to deliberate habits to invite more Holy Spirit into our lives. Whichever it is, the question the parable asks you is this. Are you intentionally preparing yourself for times when Jesus seems absent? The talents and the sheep parables come from another angle. Will you obey only when Jesus seems close? Or will you faithfully and repeatedly do what he's asked, even when there is no whiff of his presence? We are a presence-loving people. Our church enshrines practices that seek the presence of the Prince. Come, Holy Spirit, is our cry. And yet, we must also emulate earnest endurance. We must promote simple faithfulness to the last, the least, and the lost. In fact, When Jesus returns, one of the biggest things on his radar will not be what we did when he was close, but what we did when he seemed absent. That is where true loving faithfulness is forged. Here's a question for reflection. How do you get on when God seems absent? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.